0: Matthew chapter 6, uh, if you're visiting with us, we're glad to have you. We are, are working our way through uh, the Lord's Prayer, the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, and so on. In the last uh, couple of weeks, we have focused on these phrases, Our Father, who's in heaven, and holy is your name. Now, in each of those, what we see is really who God is, his, his nature, his attributes. And uh, the, the second, where it talks about his, holy is his name, it's, it's a statement of that which we believe, but it's also that which we pray for, that his name would be hallowed, that it would be indeed Holy, And now we're going to uh, move on from speaking about his fatherhood, his holiness, and go to the next phrase with the next couple of petitions. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here what we're going to see is his, his kingdom priorities. We've talked about who he is. Now, what is it that he does And desires. So let's pick up with uh, the reading of God's Word in uh, Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, at the street corners. They may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. Shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words, Do not be like them, for the Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, many in this room have said that phrase, those phrases, hundreds of times. And yet, Lord, you've got much meaning in there. And so we need you to teach us today open up our hearts to you. To teach us what, what Jesus meant when he told us to pray that way. And to learn what it means in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if we were doing a, a series on the kingdom, which we are not we would need to begin by talking about the nature of the kingdom and i want to tell you three very quick things about that because that all those are uh, essential if we are to understand what we are are praying for the first is that the kingdom is spiritual as opposed to physical now, in these things I tell you, here's why it's so important. Because if we don't understand the nature of uh, the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus, where, uh, where we, we speak of King Jesus, a wrong view of a kingdom gives us a wrong view of God. A wrong view of the kingdom will give us all kinds of issues from uh, the area of politics to personal things in our family. And a wrong view of the kingdom can even lead to violence. Even as we prayed for, for our persecuted brothers and sisters. Many of them are being persecuted by those who have a wrong view of the kingdom of their God and they are trying to impose it upon others. This is a relevant doctrine. And it's relevant not only on that large scale but right down to our own life. So we we need to understand that it is a spiritual kingdom. Jesus made that clear. Secondly, it is an opposing kingdom. It is against all other kingdoms. You're in or you're out. Thomas More said, "If if you've not chosen the kingdom of God, it will will make, in the end, no difference what you've chosen instead. Now, C.S. Lewis, in interacting with that statement, basically said, really? If you don't choose the kingdom of God, you're saying it, it, it doesn't matter? And he says, so it doesn't matter if you choose your kingdom to be... Patriot versus your kingdom is women? Or cocaine versus art? That doesn't matter, Lewis asked the question. Or money versus science? And Lewis's answer is, ultimately, it won't matter in the big picture of things because you will have missed that which is eternal. So we, we see this, and then thirdly, the, His kingdom is future. We begin to see His kingdom. We experience aspects of His kingdom. We talk about uh, wanting to expand His kingdom here on earth. But His ultimate kingdom is future. Did you notice what uh, the choir sang earlier? As it was in the beginning in the end so shall it be. Through the cross a new creation Christ has won the victory. Christ has won the victory. And that's what it's saying is that 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 great kingdom that he ruled over in in the garden before sin came in, there will be that again that we will enjoy, we his people will enjoy being a part of when he makes all things new. So if it's that important, what are we praying for when we pray your kingdom come? And I'm I don't know of a better way to break it down than the way the catechism did. Sometimes I'll go my own route, but, but these four things is uh, I, I think is as, as good a way to understand that petition. What do we pray for in the second petition? Thy kingdom come. We pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed, that the kingdom of grace may be advanced, ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. So praying that his kingdom will come implies Satan's defeat. That's the first thing we need to understand. John chapter 17. Jesus is praying uh, for the protection of his people. By the way, this is often called, uh, uh, some would like to say this really is the Lord's prayer. This was the prayer he prayed for his people the other prayer being our prayer when he says pray this way. But here's what he says in John 17 in his high priestly prayer. Verse 11, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you've given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you've given me. I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. And then down in verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Now later in the Lord's Prayer, we are told that we are to pray, deliver us from the evil one. Here's what we need to understand. Every time we are protected from the evil one, every time we are delivered from the evil one, we are moving toward his kingdom being defeated. Every time. So when he protects us, he has put put the brakes on, on Satan and his minions, and it is pushing back that kingdom that kingdom which ultimately will be completely defeated. Second, in praying for his kingdom to come, it implies lordship over our our lives. Every week as I prepare sermons, I learn things every single week. But this is something that jumped out at me this week. When we pray, thy kingdom come, We're not just praying for His kingdom to come in our world. Not just in the big sense, not just in the ultimate sense, but we are praying that it will come in my life. And so as you deal with issues, as you deal with sin in your life, you can pray this prayer. Lord, will you cause your kingdom to come in my life? When you do that, you're asking that the evil one be defeated and that his way prevail. And so, you do that for your family as well. If you have a, a husband or a wife, Lord, will you cause your kingdom to come in her life. Will you cause the kingdom to come in the life of my children, my grandchildren? Do you see what you're praying for when you do that? How comprehensive that is? And the more it comes in your life, the more it comes in, in your family's life, the more it's coming into the world, isn't it? So we pray that. May your kingdom come in my life in this area. Now, how should we want him to reign? On earth as it is in heaven. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But that's what we are praying for in that way. That prayer also shows uh, desires for others to be brought into the kingdom. Jesus talked about the fields being white unto harvest. Paul talked about, and this is always hard for me to even comprehend, wishing that he were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of his brothers. That's how passionate he was for people to come to Christ. And so... We, we are praying for the expansion of the kingdom. I have to tell you what happened in our school time Bible classes over the last nine weeks. School time Bible, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, is uh, the first nine weeks of the year we have the opportunity to go into the school during school hours and uh, The the youth, the sixth graders over at Crossroads can take this as an elective, a Bible class, and we go over there and we walk them over here into our building. This is all perfectly legal. We're not kidnapping them. We walk them into our building, stop traffic. We've got people that would lay down their lives for those kids on St. Andrews, but everybody stops, and they come over here and they're taught the Word of God. With no restraints, we teach them the gospel from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. Now, every year we have kids that uh, are in, in church and, and know some of these things, although I, I would dare you to take that because I think we would all grow if we, if we had took that class. You'd be surprised but we have kids that are, are from churches and then we have a number of kids that aren't from churches. This last week, we ended those nine weeks. We had had 66 students that we brought over and 18, nearly one-third of those students, made first-time professions of Christ. That's... that's a, If that doesn't excite you, come up here, let me check your pulse. (laughs) First-time professions, on top of that, another five recommitted their lives to Christ. Thanks be to God for Him expanding His kingdom and letting us be very feeble tools, instruments, in taking part in that. What a privilege we have. By the way, just this last week, and this, this wasn't planned out along, uh, um, when I was planning this series. Uh, uh, I actually, We actually had uh, considered this theme long before, but this last week, our mission team chose for 2016 the theme for the year to be thy kingdom come and that's what we are gonna be focusing on Thy kingdom come coming to across the street across our country and across the world and what our role in all of that is so praying for for his kingdom to come also expresses our desires for the hastening of the coming of the kingdom of glory um, we read in Revelation 22.20. He who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Now you might say, well, I'm not sure that I want things as they are to end. Sometimes people, when they hear Jesus is coming back and I think our lives will, will uh, as we know it, will be completely different. But the degree that we feel in that in our heart that we we don't want Jesus to come back yet is proportional to the degree of our understanding of what it's going to be like then. Because if we really understood what it's going to be like then this would be our constant prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In terms of the kingdom that is coming. I I don't know about you. I I shared this with our seniors Bible study that I'm teaching this year. And... uh, Connie and I were sitting there watching the news or something like that. And, and something just totally perverse was on there that it, had that it happened. I don't even remember exactly what it was. But all that could come out of my mouth was uh, an old song that I learned a long time ago as a, a folk song. I just said this world is not my home. And I find myself saying that more and more. We see these things and you can either get really frustrated at it and at them or you can say well of course. That's why I I don't feel right here. That's why it's frustrating to see these things because this world isn't my home it's not where I'm going to end up now that doesn't mean we don't try to change things and, and so on and, and uh, experience his kingdom here to the degree that we can but there is always going to be that that which by the way i mentioned about the those who are persecuted we need to be praying just as hard for the persecutors that's what the apostle paul was he he would have been a member of isis and yet god plucked him out of that don't forget that side of praying. So, what about what is that kingdom going to be like? Again, we we can't possibly go into it totally, but well, recently Connie and I were with uh, some of our grandchildren, and um, as you have to do, we took them to an ice cream store <laughs> because that's what you do, and we we got in this great little ice cream store in Cartersville, Georgia, and we walked in and they had all, all these flavors there and, and so on, and so what do you have to do at that point? You, you've got to say, do you have any of those little spoons here? And you ask them for a, a, a taste, right? What's this, you know, greenish-purplish stuff, you know, and, and they give you a taste and why do they do that? It's not just cuz they're generous. It's because they they really feel like if you take a taste, then you're going to order the triple scoop after that. And you know what? Basically, it works. Because you're going to order something after that. Think of that little spoon. And now I want you to do this. I want you to think of some of the greatest moments in your Christian life since you came to know Christ. Think of those high, not the difficult times, we've got plenty of those, but think of those moments when you, whether it was in worship or some other time where you were communing with Christ And you said, wow, this is amazing. That's a little taste. That's the little spoonful. And the next time you experience that, I want you to use that to remember and to know that's the little taste. I want the triple scoop. Even so, Lord Jesus, quickly come. Because this is what it will be like. The dwelling place of God is with man. He'll dwell with them and they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them as their God. And He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. I won't be working on a funeral ever again. You won't be attending one ever again. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Do you want that? Isn't that what we're praying for? How awesome will that kingdom be? Now let me give you some quick application, and it all has to do with your will be done here as it is there. What are we praying for there? In the third petition, which is Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, we pray that God, by His grace, would make us able and willing to know, obey and submit to His will in all things as the angels do in heaven. Let me share quickly three things. One is, If we do that, if we're going to do that, we must trust in the nature of the Father. In His nature. Mark preached a wonderful sermon a couple weeks ago about that. About what kind of a a, a Father He is. And we've got to go back to that and to, to grab on to that if we really are going to pray for His kingdom to come since He's the perfect Father, since He's perfectly holy, since He has a kingdom program and we're asking that it reigns in our lives, then inevitably, if we really believe those things, then what we're saying is, your way is right and mine is not. And when we say that, thy will be done, we are confessing You are God and I am not. And that's where we must always flee back to. Because the default position is not for us to say we are God, but to act like we are. Act like we're in charge of our lives and the direction of our lives. Secondly, we must believe the promises of the father hebrews 10:23 let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful we have got to be convinced that his promises are true if we are going to really want his kingdom to come and then thirdly we've got to believe in the grace of the father My grace is sufficient for you, Second Corinthians twelve nine. For my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I'll boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. It is by grace you have been saved uh, through faith, not by works, the two aspects of grace there. And you may say, come on, Dale. Does it always come down to that? Every week, it's all about grace. <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing. Is if, if we think we can work our way to heaven, if we think it's about us earning favor with Him, then we will never say, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come in my heart. But if we understand the necessity of grace that we have nothing to offer, that we have empty hands, that we cannot contribute to our own salvation or to us continuing to be saved, when we understand that, then we have to say, absolutely, Lord, Your will be done. You don't owe me a thing. And so, Lord, if you know, we, we pray for protection and health and all those things, but if we are praying for His kingdom to come, sometimes He's going to bring His kingdom by sending a flood and causing things to happen that we never would have expected. And sometimes He will send His kingdom into our hearts by letting us as His beloved child go through some kind of a trial. And sometimes, because of that, the kingdom will expand to others as well. And we never would have chosen it that way. I've had uh, dozens and dozens of opportunities to speak to others about Christ because of my heart attack. Because, Because someone hears the story and they want someone else to hear the story or a group to hear the story. Is that the way I would have ever prayed For me to have influence? Of course not. But I wouldn't trade it. I would not trade it. Because just in a small way, that was his kingdom coming into my life. The things that I learned from that, and he's enabled me to know him better. What will happen if we begin to pray for His kingdom to come as it will even change what we pray for. Jesus in the garden. This is is what I'm asking for, but not my will, but Yours. We can ask for healing. But if our illness advances His kingdom... That may be what he's choosing. David, from the Scripture, had lots of problems. After his sin, he had as messed up of a family as any of us can imagine. He could have, and I'm sure at some point he did, prayed for his sons, his daughters, his wife. But here's what he said he wanted. Psalm 27. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. And that's what he's doing right now. That speaks of Jesus as king. And that makes us citizens of his kingdom. Jesus is talking to Pontius Pilate and says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. He's making it clear it's not about a political kingdom. Not a physical world order as much as some of us would like that right now. But at this point, that is not it. And so what it is, is we live in the world as part of God's kingdom. And we're living according to His kingdom standards and values. Mother Teresa said, By blood and origin, I'm an Albanian. My citizenship is Indian. I'm a Catholic nun. As to my calling, I belong to the whole world. As to my heart, I belong entirely to Jesus. May his kingdom come in our hearts, in our church, in our community, and in our world. Let's pray together. King Jesus, I pray for your kingdom to come in my life, in our church, and ultimately in our world. Will you defeat the enemies of your kingdom Will you advance your kingdom in our lives, in community, in our church? And will you use us in that? We humbly ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.